Good morning, everybody. Glad that you are with us today. Uh, yes. Um, w- would you all stand with me as we go to the Lord in prayer today? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for another opportunity to be in your house. We thank you to, for the opportunity to be with brothers and sisters in Christ to be able to worship together, Lord. Um, as we worship you with our voices, with our tithes and our offerings, with uh, really even just paying attention to what you want to tell us. We thank you, God, uh, to be able to be here with uh, other people and just, Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for what it means to me and my family. And Lord, we ask that you would uh, bless the service today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to start off singing uh, page 67 in your hymnal or up on the screen. We're going to sing Blessed Assurance. page 228, I will sing of my Redeemer.
great seeing you. Why don't you look around and say, hey, good to see you. And then you may be seated. I was thinking about having everybody go around and shake hands, but uh, with some of the sickness going around and then also the entire Bish clan being here, it might have taken us 10, 15 minutes to get back. <clears throat> glad that uh, <laughs> we are glad that they are with us today. Good to see them again. Uh, let me give you a couple quick announcements. Um, this Saturday we have a trustees meeting at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, January 7th, next Sunday, first Sunday of the year, we're going to start off with a Lord's Supper and Deacon's Fund offering uh, after the worship service as well as um, a, a Carrion Fellowship dinner that day. So uh, start off fellowshipping with the Lord and fellowship one with another. And hey, it's day seven. Most of you are probably already broke that um, New Year's resolution to diet. So, right? No, okay. Um, all right, uh, let's see. January 17th, we've got a quarterly business meeting at 7. Um, and then uh, January 25th, church bowling. Um, more details to follow. We're not sure. Uh, and then February 17th is uh, the soup cook-off and the bake-off. Uh, that evening at 6 p.m. Okay, um, let's go ahead and we'll sing uh, the last song of the, uh, this part of our service. We'll also take up our offering during this song as well.
Rick, if you would ask God to bless the offering, please. you turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Today we're going to be talking about being confident. You know, there, there are not many people who are confident in every aspect of their lives. Most of us are uncertain about uh, our ability to, f- uh, to fulfill certain tasks uh, in our lives. Many of us are, are, are very unsure about our future. We feel insecure around others. You know, we feel that we're not being good, uh, a good enough parent. Some of you might say, well, I, I don't feel like I'll ever be successful or measure up to what my parents expected or even what I expected or hoped uh, of myself. Most people would say, I really lack confidence in the way that I look. Now, let's be honest. I don't know anybody who looks in the mirror and says, I look good. Well, Harold, maybe. Okay, yeah. <laughs> You know, you, you might look in the mirror and say, I look good everywhere. There might be one or two of you, but most of us will look in the mirror and say, ah, I don't know, if I could just change, if I could just change these 43 things, then I would be confident in myself. You know, uh, many of us battle chronic insecurity. A lot of times we find it uh, in our own thoughts, uh, what we say that nobody else hears. Are, are, are any of you like me that, uh, you know, instead of saying to myself, to myself, hey, you got this, you can do this, I usually say, hey, dude, don't mess up again. You know, I, I don't know if you can do this. You know, you probably just don't have what it takes. Now, what's interesting is when we do lack confidence, many of us try to compensate by either not trying or by criticizing those who are actually doing it. Other times they'll uh, try to act more confident than they really are. Now, just based on my experiences, most of the times that people uh, appear the most confident and sometimes maybe even a little bit cocky, and it's probably because they're most often the most insecure in those areas. So as I studied, I came across three different types of uh, insecure people. And I don't know about you, but I can see myself in every single one of these. Um, The first one is uh, there are people pleasers. The second one, there are uh, what what I would call fishers. And the third one is the one-uppers. 
Okay, so the people pleasers. You know, these are the people that say, hey boss, that was amazing. You know, I'm here for you. Do you need anything? Do you like this? Hey, I, I like you. I'll be here for you. You want my money? I I'll give you all my money. Do you like me if I do all these things for you? How many of y'all know people pleasers? Don't point at them, but okay, all right. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, um, some of y'all uh, just raised your hand so that I would like you because I asked you to, you know. So therefore, you are a people pleaser for me. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, then, then there are the, the fishers. Uh, it, it's the person who posts a picture of themselves and just says, oh, I just feel so blah today. You know, uh, and what are they looking for? They're looking for people to say, oh, no, you did a great job. You know, oh, you're not a great job. You look good, you know. Is that a new outfit? Is that a new hairstyle or whatever? Um, oh, my presentation wasn't very good. Oh, no, it was amazing. You're, you're fishing for compliments. I see myself in this one a lot. Um, and, and then there's the one-uppers. You know, the one-upper is like, uh, you know, my kid read a chapter of the Bible today. Well, the one-upper says, well, that ain't nothing. My kid memorized a book of the Bible today uh, in Hebrew on top of that. You know, uh, I'm going on vac vacation next weekend just to get away. Well, that's nothing. I I'm going on a three-month vacation on an island that I just bought. You know, it's that one-upper that's always got something better. Oh, I was so sick. Well, that's nothing. I had a disease and almost died. And they didn't even know what it was. And I'm the first person to ever have it. So they're naming it after me. You know, it's just these people that think this, you know, the one-uppers. And it's, it's really odd what can trigger insecurity in our lives. The weirdest things. When I don't feel confident, what, well, when we don't feel confident, many times what we do is we just won't show up to that thing. You know, if I can't be good at this sport, then I'm not going to play. If I don't think I can make the grade in that class with that teacher, then I'm just going to drop it. Uh, if I don't think a girl would say yes to me, then I'm not going to ask her out. That's probably why just about every time I asked a girl out, I always had my friends go and check out and see, would she say yes if I asked her out? That's just insecure. That's who I was. Um, oh, let's not lie. That's who I am. Okay, I'm still insecure about a lot of stuff. Um, all of us deal with insecurity in so many different areas of our lives. The tragedy is that there are many of us who are listening today that you are not living the life that God has created for you. Because you don't have confidence in the place that you should have confidence. You're letting your insecurity talk you out of God's calling in your life. And it happens all the time. You know, there, there may be those of you right now that uh, you're not going to interview for a job that you would really like to have and you're not uh, seeking a promotion because you're afraid that you're not good enough. You don't want to handle the rejection that may come with it. There may be some of you that uh, are, are not going to go back to school because you feel you're too old or, uh, and people might laugh or you may not be that great. You know, there are some of you who uh, maybe want to lead a Bible study, but you, you thought no one else would come. And so you, know, you say, well, I'm just not spiritual enough, or whatever the case may be. You, you miss an opportunity. We all miss opportunities when we're insecure. It's tragic when we don't even try because we're afraid to fail. We don't even attempt something for God because we don't have the confidence. This last one uh, is what I want to talk about today. And I want to start with, what, uh, with a really important principle that I think we all need to embrace. We don't need self-confidence, okay? We really don't. 
What we need is not self-confidence, but we need to cultivate a God-confidence. And, and, you know, there's a big difference between self-confidence and God-confidence. So today, when, when I'm talking to you about being confident, I'm not talking about you being confident in yourself. I want to encourage you to cultivate a God-confidence. So where did I get this idea? Well, it's found in our beginning text. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Well, that doesn't say anything about confidence, does it? Well, it does if you really dig into it, though. It basically says, forget about self-confidence. If you think you're good... You know, don't worry about it. Well, if you think you're good, that's when you need to worry about it because you're probably going to fall. We need to forget about self-confidence because it's really useless. To me, the take heed lest he fall is referring to putting our confidence on, in someone other than God. I'm sorry, someone other than us that we need to put it in God. Forget about self-confidence. Cultivate a God confidence. So... Why should we not have self-confidence? I mean, we live in a world where every, you know, everybody says, yes, you, know, you, you, you need to be more confident in yourself. You do a good job or whatever the case may be. You just need a little more self-confidence. No, we don't, okay? Uh, and, and here's why we shouldn't be self-confident. And the first one is because our hearts are deceitful. My heart is deceitful. Scripture says this in Jeremiah 17:9, "The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it?" We have an uh, an unbelievable ability to deceive ourselves. That's why I hate the encouragement from people that they say, "Well, just follow your heart." No, don't do that. Because your heart's going to lie to you. Your heart is deceitful. Don't do that. So we shouldn't be confident. We shouldn't be confident in ourselves. Well, first off, because our heart is deceitful. The second one is because uh, my flesh is weak. Because I can be on point one day with God. I'm doing wonderful with the Lord. I'm doing everything He's asking me to do. Uh, I'm not really sinning that much. And then the next day, I've got nothing going on. I've fallen off the wagon. I'm not uh, doing what God wants me to do. I mean, even Paul talked about this in Philippians 3. uh, That uh, he has no confidence in the flesh. In other words, he was talking about uh, his sin nature. Now, I'm not talking about self-confidence because my heart is deceitful, because my flesh is weak. So we can't be confident in ourselves. The third one is because our behavior is inconsistent. Our behavior is inconsistent. Very similar to the first one. Um, You know, I'm passionate uh, about God for five or six days straight, and then uh, I have ADDOS. Y'all know what ADD is, right? Uh, attention deficit disorder. But do you know, are you familiar with the OS part? It's attention deficit disorder. Ooh, shiny. You got, or, or like, oh, squirrel. I heard that one too. Yeah. Could we mean either one? You know, uh, you have a t- uh, attention deficit disorder. You get easily distracted. The oh, shiny just really puts it over the top. Okay. Uh, it's hard to stay focused on what you need to do. Uh, um, I, I have that. I can lose my focus like that. And uh, I'm not going to put confidence in myself uh, to really be all that God has created me to be because 
I so easily lose focus. I, I want to instead, instead of having a self-confidence, I want to cultivate a God confidence. And I believe with all my heart, there's nothing wrong with becoming more confident in yourself. You know, okay, God gave me these gifts, therefore I can do it. There's nothing wrong with feeling good about yourself. If you really want to max out and live a life that's completely glorifying to God, you, you will, well, you're never going to do it putting confidence in yourself alone. You will do it by cultivating a God confidence. So, three truths what I want to talk about how you can cultivate a confidence in God. Um, the first one here, um, what, I, what we really need to do is to, un- well, to understand is that God is always for me. God is always for me. For me to cultivate a, con- a God confidence, we recognize that our God is always for us. Flip over to Romans chapter eight. We'll be there in just a moment. You know, so many people have an inaccurate view of the character and the nature of God, and the reason is is because they often feel like God's love, God's favor, and God's acceptance is tied to our performance. Well, I did pretty good today. So God will probably answer my prayers. Oh, I, I did good today because I came to church. You know, I really wasn't feeling up for it, but I came anyway. God's got to bless me today. Well, I did pretty good today, so um, maybe God will answer those things. Or, man, I blew it big time. God is probably disappointed in me. I better not ask him for anything because he's probably going to say no. We do not have good spiritual days consistently. We fall short because we are sinners. Now some think, well, God's out to get me. God doesn't want to bless me. But the reality is that God is our loving Heavenly Father. How many of you as parents um, have said, you know, hey, those are my kids. You know, when they do something good, they're your kids, right? When they do something bad, they're your spouse's kids. That's why they're always my kids. (laughs) You got that. Okay. All right. You know, um, the, the reality is that as a dad, I never wake up and think I want something bad for my kids. You know? Uh, I, I never think, man, I hope I catch them doing something wrong so I can punish them. Oh, I've got a great punishment in store. No, I don't think about things like that. I don't think, oh, it'd be great if they just got what they deserved. I, I don't think like that. Always, every day, I want my children blessed. I want my children whole. I want them well. I want them serving God faithfully. I am always and forever for my children. Even when they do something that I don't support, I'm for my children. And just like we would be for our children, God is for us. And He's always for you. I told you to go to Romans chapter 8. Look at verse, verse number 31. Paul said this. He says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Because my God is for me, there is no power on earth that is greater than my God, and therefore I believe He will get me through this. It's like the boy whose dad loves baseball. And uh, because his dad loves baseball, he's, uh, he's going to play baseball. And uh, when his dad wasn't there, he's doing okay. You know, Actually, he's doing really good. He's hitting triples, he's hitting homers, uh, uh, just doing great but when his dad was there, he would strike out. 
Why? Because when he saw his dad, he would think, oh, no, dad's here. I've, I've, I've got to get on base. I want my dad to love me. And if I don't do well, he's not going to be a proud of me. And he's not going to love me, you know, because if I did better, he would love me more. He'd be playing for his dad's approval because, uh, and because of that, the kid freaked out and put so much pressure on himself. And when the dad realized what was going on, he would say, son, I don't care if you get a hit. I don't care if you get on base. I don't care if you strike out every single time. You know, especially when we need a hit. I love you. You're my son. I don't love you because you play baseball. I love you because you're my son. And suddenly everything changed and that that boy then began to play not for his dad's approval, but he was playing from his dad's approval. Hey, my dad already loves me. My dad is already proud of me, whether I strike out or hit a home run. That's what we need to learn to do in our walk with the Lord. God is already for us. We don't have to do things to earn his approval. We ought to be doing things because he has already loves us and he's already for us. When you have an accurate view of God, everything is going to change. Flip over to Hebrews chapter 10. You know, we, we can say, I'm confident because my God is always for me. I'm not living for His approval. I'm living from His approval. Because of Jesus, I am acceptable to God, not based on what I do or what I don't do, but based on what Jesus did. When, when, when I step up to bat, uh, knowing my heavenly dad loves me, whether I hit it out of the park or whether I strike out, because I'm not trying to please him, I'm just living from the posture of the one who is already pleased with me. My God is for me. You need to understand this. When you take a step of faith, God is absolutely for you. You want to get out of debt? Listen to me. God is for you. He wants to help you move forward. You want to reconcile a broken relationship and you don't know uh, what to do. Listen, our, our God hears the cries of our hearts and He wants to do what He can to soften our hearts and bring us to a healing place. You want to start a new business. That's okay. Listen, our God is for you. He wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to other people. That doesn't mean it's a guarantee you're going to be a success or that you'll be rich. Okay, but our God is working and using everything to conform us to the image of God. Uh, you're praying for a miracle. God is for you. He wants to hear your prayer. He wants to work in your life using everything to bring about good. We don't have self-confidence. We cultivate a God confidence. And we do this by knowing that our God is for us. Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse number 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Why does it bring great reward? Because our God is for us. I'm not confident in myself. I'm not confident in my flesh. I am not confident in my heart. I am confident in the goodness of my God, that if my God is for me, who can be against me? I'm confident that my God is for me. When we learn that... We can have God confidence. The second thing we need to do to cultivate a God confidence is to realize that God always helps me. God always helps me. I know I'm having to move around a lot in Scripture today in your Bibles, but Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to read that one here pretty, uh, pretty soon. Hebrews 13. 
Now, I don't know who needs to hear this, but uh, you need to understand that God cares for you. He cares for you, and He is here to help you. And I love what uh, the author of Hebrews says here in verse uh, number 5. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness, but be content with such things as you have. For He Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? He will never leave or forsake us. So we may say confidently that our God is our helper. And we won't be afraid. It's amazing. It's amazing when you have a powerful helper who's going to remove the fear. A few years ago, um, I upgraded the electric in my garage. Some of you, most of you all know that I like to work with power tools. Uh, I, I, well, uh-huh, you know. But anyway, um, I, I like to do woodworking. And um, I kept blowing the breaker. Uh, that I had one breaker in my entire garage. And so uh, I, I started uh, thinking I needed a better electrical service out there. Did I contact an electrician? No. You know, I said, I could do this. I got this. And so I think I watched about 150 different YouTube videos on how to do it. Also, I went to my resident church uh, uh, members who knew electric, uh, electric, uh, electrical work. I talked to Hugh. I talked to Dale Sr. And I talked to Dave. I said, okay, this is what I want to do. And, and they all gave me some pointers. And, they all, and I think about the fourth or fifth time that I talked to Dave about something, he's like, okay, whenever you decide to do this, just call me. I'll come over and help you out. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so we're there. We're putting it all in there. And uh, um, I, I, I wired my sub panel. I wired my outlets. I got the lights all. And so we're ready to put the new wire from my uh, panel in the, in the basement to take it all the way out to the garage. And so uh, we're, we're, we're doing all this. And I call Dave and he comes over. And um, I'm helping him out. He's showing me what to do. He, he did a lot of it probably because he didn't trust me. And that's okay. I totally get it. Um, but uh, I, I did learn a whole lot. But I was waiting for him to say, cut the red wire. Because I wanted to say, I know what the, if I cut the red wire, we're all going to blow up here because I've seen that movie. He never told me to cut the red wire. I really missed a great opportunity there. But you know what? Uh, I, we got it all wired up, and it was wonderful. And it still is wonderful. I got, I, I, I've never blown a single breaker. I'd love to say it was all my, my experience and all my expertise that caused that to happen. No. It's because I talked to people who knew what they were doing. I talked to people who knew how to do it. And therefore, I was confident in that. Uh, well, let's be honest. I was involved, so I wasn't really that confident. But, I mean, I was confident that with their help that this was going to work. Um, you know, I had confidence in what I needed to do. And that master electrician, Dave, was my helper that day. And I didn't fear. And my garage is still standing and it's not and never caught on fire. Okay? You see, the Lord is my helper. Therefore, I will not be afraid. There are some of you right now that you're in the middle of a difficult situation. You need to recognize that your God is your helper. Your marriage is in trouble. God is not just standing by going, huh, well that stinks, dude. No. 
God stands by ready to help you to bring healing into your marriage. You may be stressed financially. Our God is a provider. He delights in helping His children. That doesn't mean you sit back and do nothing. He's going to help you as you're doing something, as you're working towards it. Some of you may want to start a ministry. Our God stands ready to provide uh, as you take a step of faith towards reaching the people that He wants you to reach. You've got a hard conversation that you have to have. God will help you with the words to say. You need wisdom. James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally. God is going to give it to whoever asks freely. Our God provides the presence of His Holy Spirit to give you comfort and peace that goes beyond all human ability to understand. uh, God's Word is a lamp to our feet and guides our steps. Our God is our helper. Some of you might be saying, um, well, it doesn't feel like it. Listen, sometimes you can't see it in the moment. You can only see it in hindsight. When you look back, you can say, you know what? I didn't see it at the time, but my God was helping me. He was carrying me. He was sustaining me. I wasn't on my own. We can see it sometimes more clearly in the rearview mirror because He was with me back then. I can trust that He is with me now. Psalm 46, I love this, I love Psalm 46. Um, Verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Our God is with you now. He is helping now. And because of that, we will not fear. Verse 2 of uh, Psalm 46 says, Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Selah. Oh my goodness, if you think your problems that you're having, what, what, what the author is saying here is like, even though the mountains be carried to the midst of the sea, that is something major. That is life-altering. That is something that is just beyond anything we can comprehend. He, the author is saying, hey, it's okay. No matter what happens, God is our refuge and our strength. That's why I'm not confident in my own abilities. Instead, I'm going to cultivate a God confidence because God is for me, always. And God helps me. And the third reason, or the third thing to cultivate, is that God is still working in me. God is still working in me. God is still working in you. Philippians chapter 1, flip over there. Last passage I'm going to make you go to. I mean, I could give you illustration after illustration where I have done some boneheaded things. And my wife will say, Amen. Okay. Um, I've I've done things that are are wrong. I've done sinful things. Even now, uh, where I have sinned, I still struggle with sin. You know, all I can say is that God is still working in my life. There was a song that we used to sing as kids um, uh, in church. It was, He's Still Working on Me. I don't know if you all have heard that before. You know, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be, because he's still working on me. He's still working on me. And the good news is I'm not confident in my own abilities because I'm confident in God because he's still working in me. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. Being confident of this very thing. 
that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. My God is still working in my life. Someone needs to know this because you did something bad this week. You did something that you feel guilt and shame over. You need to understand that God is still working in your life. There's someone here who has spiritual doubts and you think, well, by this time I should be beyond my doubts. You need to understand that God is not finished with you yet. Our God is still working in you. There are others that you're still stuck in the sin, the same old sin, and you can't seem to get out of it. And you think, man, I, I shouldn't be here by this time. I've been saved for so many years, and yet I still can't get victory over this. You think you would have been better by now, different, more holy, but God is not finished with you yet. There's someone else you feel bad because you've been away from God. You know, you said, I've walked away from the Lord. I I haven't been intimate with Him. I haven't spent time with Him in His Word. I haven't prayed to Him, and I can't tell you the last time I prayed to Him. And you feel bad. And I'll tell you, uh, you're listening to this message, and that's encouraging because God brought you here for this moment, for this reason, and that's encouraging. Because He wants to let you know that He's not finished with you yet. He's still working in your life. You may say, whoa, whoa, pastor, you look pretty confident out there. I mean, every week you stand up and preach to us, and every week you do this and this and blah, blah, blah. Confession time? Listen, I always feel inadequate. Always. Everywhere. All the time. I always feel unworthy of the love of my wife. I never, ever feel good enough to be the pastor of, a, of this church. I, I don't feel like I deserve it. I never, ever feel worthy of it. Yes, I am confident, though. Because I'm not confident in myself. I have God confidence. And even when I am faithless, He is faithful. And I'm cultivating that deep faith in the goodness of God. Because let me tell you what, my God is for me. My God is working in me and He's not finished with me yet. My God always helps me when I need it. Now I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what the voice of insecurity that you're experiencing that is telling you. I hope you'll understand that you can be confident in our God who began a good work in you, will be faithful to carry it out till its completion. Why? Because He's for you. Because He's helping you. And because He's not finished with you yet. If you're still here, He still has a plan. There is a reason to be confident. Not confident in yourself, but confidence in God. Would you stand with me as we go to the Lord in prayer today? Heavenly Father, I, I, I pray that uh, I pray that we wouldn't believe in our own sinful selves as much as we believe in the goodness of a faithful God who never fails and is always, always there for us, working in all things to bring about good. Lord, I pray today that we would cultivate by hearing Your Word, by fellowshipping one with another, 
that we would have an unshakable confidence in You. Your character, Your nature, Your faithfulness, Your providence. The list goes on and on, Lord. Help us to be confident in You. And because we are confident in You, I pray that we would live out the divine calling that is... that is doing what You have called us to do. That we wouldn't listen to the voices of discouragement that would try to talk us out of what we need to do. But Lord, we would trust that and and that we would have the faith that if You have called us to us, You have enabled us to do so and that we can have confidence that You will give us the strength and the ability to do what You have called us to do. Lord, I pray for those who are incredibly discouraged today that they would be more confident of this, that you, who began a good work in them, will fulfill what you have called them to do, that you will fulfill what you have planned, that you will complete it. Lord, I think of uh, those that might be here today that have never put their faith and trust in you, And they really have no confidence in anything because they're, they're lost by not having a relationship with You, by not having fellowship with You. Lord, I pray that today You would give them the, the courage, give them the faith that they need to step out and to talk to, to me or someone else that they trust to be able to understand that You love us And you died for us so that we could have eternal life. And Lord, I pray for the Christian here that is struggling. I pray that you give them confidence in you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. Just give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord, whatever it is. I don't know, but... uh, Why don't you come during the invitation? Thank you all for being here today. And uh, today's New Year's Eve, if you didn't know that. Tomorrow will be a new year. A lot of times around this year we do resolutions. Some people, and sometimes they stick, sometimes they don't. I encourage you to make some spiritual resolutions. Um, hey, it's always nice to lose a little bit of weight. 
it's always nice to maybe read a few more books. But maybe what would be better is to say, Lord, give me an opportunity to witness for you. Work towards a number. Work towards not just a number, but being available for the Lord to use. Um, Thank you for being here. Uh, We're going to close in a word of prayer. And uh, I'm going to ask if, uh, Dave, would you close this in a word of prayer, sir?